And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Black and Blue Pod. I'm your host, Matt McLaughlin, joined alongside by Timmy Gorman, and we have got some sports to talk about. World Baseball Classic is in full swing with the final tonight as we're recording this, so we're going to give just early impressions and talk about how important uh, the World Baseball Classic is, because I think it's kind of getting lost in the shuffle. Uh, March Madness impressions, the opening weekend is in the books. We were right about some things. We were wrong about some things. Tennessee being one of them. Uh, and then we're going to obviously talk about Eagles offseason, early grades slash review, because there have been some complete 180s. Uh, so we're going to get into all that in this episode. So let's just start with the World Baseball Classic. The USA is in the final tonight against Japan at 7 p.m. This isn't necessarily a preview or prediction because by the time this goes up, this game is going to be over, obviously. But we just wanted to talk about kind of how great this tournament has been, kind of great how the atmosphere has been, especially with Japan walking, making that huge comeback last night. They were down like 3-0 at one point, and then they walk it off to get to the final. Awesome tournament. But, Timmy, you've been watching this way more than me. Um, I'll pass it over to you. Like, why do you think the World Baseball Classic means so much to people who may not necessarily watch it that often? I mean, well, it's – it's it's because it's like the pride of the country, which is like you know, like they've wanted to make this the World Cup of baseball for years. Like that, that's what that was the original inclination of this back in two thousand six when you were four years old and this God, happened. <laughs> right, I was a senior in high school. I remember my senior year of high school, that first one, and how disappointing USA was. And that one, and then again, two thousand nine and twenty thirteen. Like it was just every time it came up the USA choked it away. And so I think that's why it's been so hard for it to pick up in the States because people kind of just look at it and they're like, it's meaningless spring training baseball. But for these players, like you look at the rosters and I guess you could say this is the best USA roster that was assembled. Um, I, the pitching was definitely better the last time when they, they won the first title in 2017. But I, I, I'd have to be reminded who was on the teams. and Because I think 2006, it was a pretty strong team that just shit the bed. That said, all these other teams have always come fully stocked. They've always, like, you know, Dice K, when he was at his power, was on Japan. That, that's where he – that was his coming out party, really, was World Baseball Classic. That's when everyone got to know who Dice K Matsusaku was. You know, like, now it's Shohei, Shohei Itani, like – um, you know, the Dominican Republic, those guys always go and play. The, the, the Puerto Rico always does. Um, you know, they're, they're the big names. Cuba's had some players that eventually have defected. I, I can't remember if Cespedes was in one of those first tournaments, but uh, back when he was like a big deal. Well, so, even, even some of these pitchers are getting signed, like right after the games. Mm-hmm. Like these 19, 20-year-old pitchers that are striking out major league pitchers. Like there was one... The Israeli Israeli kid, right? He was like 19 years old and like touched like 100 on the gun or something. And he struck out. I think he struck out Otani. I think it was, if I remember correctly. Um, And these guys are getting signed to major league contracts. So it's like, wait, that was the, no, wasn't that the, um, that was like the Czech handyman that signed that. And then like, he got like the like picture with Otani afterwards or something. Yeah, uh, Nicaragua. That's what it was. It was uh, the Detroit Tigers signed a Nicaraguan pitch, pitcher. Uh, I'm going to butcher this. 
So I'm just going to preface with that. DK Airbear, hey Bear, Herbert. Like, is it spelled like her? Is it spelled like Herbert? It's H E B B E R T. H E B B Herbert. Yeah, you were probably right there for like Key Bear. Key Bear, yeah. So it's it's a great opportunity for young guys to get a huge stage to shine against big league talent. And also, like you mentioned about the World Cup point, I think that's so massive because um, it just adds a an innocence to the sport, to the games that like guys don't have to work even in the on the USA team, specifically with the USA team, because major league sports in America specifically, there's so much money attached to them. There's so much pressure that comes with them that very rarely do players get a chance to just play the game in a setting that's just for fun. And I think in a similar way in hockey, that the winter classic brings that out and just the outdoor games. Cause it kind of brings them back to their job. The Olympics used to bring, you know, like this is, you know, and hopefully Batman will get his head out of his ass and, and allow that to go back to it. So but yeah. Um, and it just adds, uh, you see, like Shohei Otani just gets to show like his full personality because he's with Japanese teammates. And I can mm-hmm. understand why, because when you're with the Angels, not everyone speaks Japanese in the dugout, obviously. And it's Mike I Trout did, is in a meaningful game. Like, and I know that's seriously. like be- getting beating to death, but the Angels have, have fucked his career so bad. Like, with like, they've been to the playoffs one time. They were, they were a number one seed who got, absolutely shut down and swept in a three and three and a best of five in three games that got swept by the Royals in 2014, you know? And so like, it's just nice. Like you can see it on Mike Trout's face too. Like you can just see how happy he is. Like how, like when, when Trey Turner hit that home run, like also I joked about this in one of my like fantasy football group chats, but it was like saying that like Trey Turner is going to, be the first person that gets a, a statue erected in a city before he play, ever plays a game. Like, <laughs> oh my god, I, I'm so excited to watch him play a hundred. Dude, I, and games that's as a, as a Phillies fan, like you have to be so excited because you got Trey Turner, Kyle Schwarber, and JT Raw Muto all mm-hmm. doing doing really well. Um, and hopefully, today, get Schwarber warmed up earlier too. Like he, that he gets because we're gonna need him. We're gonna need him without Bryce. Although absolutely. you know. Well, speaking of hero Bryce, of the, the hero of the, the postseason of hitting 400 in spring training. So I'm surprised we haven't gotten 90,000 fucking articles about that. Well, the, with the Bryce Harper thing, I don't know if you saw some of the rumors today. Uh, oh, yes. That he, like, he may return earlier than expected. Yeah, they're not putting him on the 60-day IL so far. Which yeah. Because that means, like – that they're hoping something, which I just, which is cool. Just don't rush him back and fuck yeah. up the rest of the season where we have to, like, it's more important that he be like, I don't want him to like, if he's back in May and fully healthy or like 95%, fine. But like, if he's not ready, don't rush him back, especially if we're just floating around 500 or like a game or two over. Like, it's fine. We were ass until August or like July or August last year. Shit in baseball, it's a long season. It can turn around. So that's my point. I don't rush him back. We have enough firepower in the offense. Bomb has another year. He's confident. He's not going to be. He knows that. What's his, he knows that uh, Rob. Sosa? 
that Rob Thompson isn't going to oh. uh, jerk him around like Girardi did. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he knows that the hot corner is his area. He looks more confident. He's hitting absolute nukes in spring training, which spring training, I get it, whatever, still. Just to see him actually get the ball out of there and get it, like, out, out instead of just, like, barely over, that gives me confidence. Like I said, you know, the Phillies, the organization darling in Hoskins is hitting, like, 500 or some shit, like – Good. Hopefully that will keep me from hating them less. But like Schwarber and Turner are looking good. Andrew Muto in in the in the World Baseball Classic. They smartly pulled back the guys that they thought might have injuries. Like so hopefully Ranger like is like that was the thing with Ranger, like that they were really missing. And the second that he started to pitch well last year, he started to look better. So it's going to have a lot to do. Like if the USA wins, you're going to see so many more people invest it when this thing comes back in 2024, like 2027 or whatever it comes back. You're really, you're going to see it. Like everyone's going to be like, all right, cool. Now I care. Well, even in, even in the short term, absolutely. And even in the short term, I think you're going to see a lot of people just invested in baseball period, because I think there are going to be a lot of people saying like, I want to see Shohei Otani at least throw five innings on a 10 o'clock Sunday night baseball game. And I think with the pitch clock, that's going to be huge because like it's now helped they- so much. It really has. I think it, it's fixed so much in college baseball. You see it, how much it's sped up because college baseball can take a while. Mm. Like I'm the only weirdo that loves college baseball because it's Vandy's one really good sport. Although <laughs> making the run to that NIT final, baby, let's go. <laughs> um opening SEC sweep of the defending national champs this weekend. It was a good, good weekend no to be a deal. Vanderbilt sports fan. Yeah. No big deal. No big deal. Just, just <laughs> held them to three runs all, all weekend, you know, um, <laughs> but it, you've seen it in, it's going to take some time getting used to, but I, they have really, I, I think it's going to have a real big positive effect on how people view baseball. And um the one thing I will say is, and we talked about this too, is like they just need to do a better job marketing. Like I had the only reason I knew that it had started when it started was because that because I'm also I'm part Dutch. Like I Dutch and like blood of my like I'm interested. So like that's like my one of my teams, and like they are weirdly good at baseball because you were born in the Ant- Netherlands Antilles, which a lot of these guys are that come to the majors like. Uh, Andrew Jones was, or, you know, now like Andrew Alton Simmons, Xander Bogarts, mm. Didi Gregorius, all these guys born in Curacao that makes them Dutch citizens. So that's why the Dutch has actually like a good team. And, you know, they, they, this will be, I think this is the first time in three tournaments that they're not going to finish in the top four, which like said, no one would know that because yeah. the world baseball class, the, the, the people who organize this have done just a bad job in marketing. So like, that people like get more people involved like i really hope tomorrow when it comes out and that a that the u.s wins but the, the numbers and you like or like the rating numbers i hope it proves to people like that this can be a viable thing and can you imagine i think it's 2027 it might even be 2026 because i think they were trying to make it every three years in 2026 could you imagine that maybe they have the next one you have that the all-star game in Philly, you have the next World Cup, which is being hosted in the Americas, in Mexico, U.S., and Canada. Sorry, I should say mostly the U.S. 
and I believe another iteration of the Winter Olympics. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. crazy. That's a it's... crazy run of run of big things for national like pride and just sports in general. Exactly. Um, there have been a couple of tweets about the ratings and stuff. I can't find them, of course. The one time it, I actually, dude, it, it was crazy. I saw it. It was like basically like. 10% of Japan watched that game last night. Approximately. That's a lot of, that's a lot uh, of people. According to, according, this is on Elite Dinger's Instagram. Um, and this is a, it's a tweet from Barstool Baseball is that approximately 93.6% of televisions in Japan were tuned into Mexico versus Japan last night. Um, that's a lot according of to of TV, like that's not like saying like, Island eight, that is well, they are an island nation, still dull to him, but still, like, their pot, like, their population ain't small. No, absolutely. Uh, according to baseball, doesn't exist. Uh, Japan versus Italy got roughly 62.5 million uh, viewers, according to this tweet. Most watched World Series game in 1980, 54.5 million viewers. So Italy versus Japan has already gotten more viewers, supposedly, than that wasn't even most... the big one. It was Italy versus Korea was the real one that like it was like between Japan and Korea, it was like it like shattered. Like I think it was like bigger than a Super Bowl. Uh, according to this to the same tweet, this said 55 plus million. So maybe that data hasn't been collected yet. Um, and that'll come out after the tournament actually happens. Also, interesting subplot of this World Baseball Classic final, Shohei versus Mike Trout. If that isn't enough to get you interested, I don't know what is. So it's, it's I, Merrill Kelly of the Diamondbacks, who in his own right, I texted you a story about this, but for those who are interested in it, well, even after this game, go uh, Sporting News, I think it was. Yeah. A pretty like nice, succinct article about how this kid is kind of like faced adversity everywhere he's gone, like, no one really wanted him, went to a junior college, worked his way to Arizona State back when they were still really good at baseball, got drafted, surprisingly is a uh, failed story in the, the race system because they always manage to make these guys stars, goes over, makes a name for himself in the Korean, the KBO, the Korean Baseball League, eventually gets signed by his hometown team, the Diamondbacks. And is probably going to be their number two starter this year behind their their stud Zach Allen. And uh, now tonight he's going to have you know like five years ago he didn't have a contract, and now he's about to start for the USA in the World Baseball Classic final. And for people who are like who care, like, it means something. It means something to go out into that mound with those three letters across your chest, knowing that you're doing this for not just your teammates but for a country. Let's move on to some March Madness. Some chaos has ensued, as we kind of predicted. Purdue goes down, as we said, which also, on our YouTube page, that clip has over, coming up on 3,000 views. So We said they weren't to, getting to the second weekend, right? Wasn't that what we said, or they weren't? They were going to get bounced one of the first two rounds. That's what I said. That's what we said, yeah. They weren't getting to the second weekend. So, Also, Iowa going down like we know and always tell you guys they <laughs> suck in the tournament i will just want to put a million dollars on that if you had it and I, we got you would have got a million dollars richer all right <laughs> uh virginia went down to Furman. timmy you were on top of that one which respect to respect to you for that uh princeton 
upending the Wildcat season. It was not take, on top of that. Because not, that, yeah, was, that was, <laughs> I had Arizona winning that region. <laughs> that was a tough one. FA, FAU pulled off a, a sneaky upset against Memphis, which I think kind of flew under the radar in the midst of the Memphis, Purdue. Memphis kind of, Memphis kind of uh, lost control. They, they, you know, if you go back in that final minute, the players were bit, bitching at each other instead of focusing on the win they had, and um, FAU stole it. And then went and just took all of that goodwill they could have kind of built up to have to go against a team like Tennessee. And we're like, fuck it, we're going to throw it in the trash. By, <laughs> I think it's their star, one of their better players, deciding that even after Fairleigh Dickinson decided, you know what, this game's over, we're not going to foul. Oh, I'm going to go up and try and throw down a windmill dunk with like five seconds to go or some shit. You want to like – like you want to piss off America that's a good way to do it like and I still won't be rooting for Tennessee but I know there's probably a lot of neutrals that are like uh all right let's go Tennessee because of what that kid did yeah probably so Tennessee also speaking of Tennessee uh narrowly beat Louisiana by three points uh beat Duke by 13 in a much cleaner game which Timmy (laughs) Timmy's pumping his fists about that one uh Kentucky uh, beat Providence in the opening round, but lost to Kansas State. And then State. lost to my Wildcats. I told it. I've been saying it for the last week and a half. Watch out. They're going. I told everyone that. Now, obviously, I'm going to look stupid when they lose on Thursday. But <laughs> that said, everyone, I back in January, they look like a team. And Marquise Noel, Keontae Johnson are awesome. And Marquise Noel is so much goddamn fun to watch. Oh, my God, he has got that ball on a string. The shit that he just pulls out in mid-game with five guys around him, throwing through the legs behind the – like, it is a beauty to behold. Truly is. Uh, Kansas State's opponent, Michigan State, pulling off like an Undertaker 1994 buried alive match impersonation. Uh, that's great. That is an perfect reference. I like. I was like. I was like. How did? Where did this come from? And I, all I could think of was like Undertaker's popping up Horizon. Yeah, or like Undertaker's just arm just like coming through the graveyard. Uh, they, the ring, yeah, or yeah, when he just pops up and he's it's like he, he's not dead. By God Almighty! By God Almighty! Um, beat USC in the first round and then upset two seed Marquette, sixty nine, nice to sixty, uh, and they will face Kansas State in the Sweet Sixteen. Tom Ezra, once again, pulling off the seemingly impossible. Don't understand it. Um, anything on Michigan State? With another one. Uh, yeah, um, I, I watched some of that that Marquette game. Um, it's just like it, it's it's basically going to come down to like a battle of Noel versus – I already forget their best player now. Uh, Tyron uh, Walker? Yes. And yeah. like it's like two New York City point guards going up against playing for non-New York City teams going up against each other in Madison Square Garden. Couldn't have a better script. They're both going to put on a show. Um, you know, it's Michigan State doesn't turn the ball over, but they also don't shoot a lot of threes. But they've been doing a little bit of both uh, in the tournament so far. Um, as much as as nice as it was to see Marquette good again. Shaka doesn't, as I said last week, he doesn't have the best tournament resume. He's he's prone to getting upset. And uh, I think the Tyler Kolick injury, even though he's playing, probably wasn't fully healthy. 
didn't help that, but Michigan State kind of controlled that game from the start. Uh, it's it's going to be interesting. It's going to be two tough, like, knockdown, drag-out teams, and uh, I would not be surprised if, that if it comes down to a final possession kind of thing. No, and I can definitely see a couple of scraps, too, breaking out. Uh, oh, absolutely. UCLA is on its way to a rematch with Gonzaga from that, uh, what was it, the Final Four, the Elite Eight from a couple of years back, the Jalen final, Suggs. Final Four, when Jalen Suggs at the that buzzer beater. court he banked it in, called game, and sent them to the final where they then got absolutely demolished. Yeah, that was a tough one. Uh, they will face Gonzaga. Gonzaga barely – barely scraping by TCU in their second round game. There was a couple of moments there. I was like, I really thought we were texting about it that I, I knew deep down that Gonzaga was going to figure out a way to pull it out just because of championship experience. Mark few, I think I would, he's one of the few coaches I would trust. Drew Timmy doesn't want to lose. Like I, I think he's doing everything he can to will them, but like we said, I mean, it's 10th year in college. He should at this point. They're guards. They're guards. First of all, if we're going to go that route, fucking Tiger <laughs> Campbell has been in college since I was in college. I feel like I, I, I don't know how he is still there. I, maybe it just seems like he's been there forever. I don't know. But, like, then again, the last four, three years have been, like, you know, they, they felt like a decade because of the COVID-19. But uh, I think that's going to be a really good game. A lot of people already are picking UCLA. We'll see. I think, you know, I, I, when Gonzaga is going, they get in that championship game against St. Mary's, they can cook you. And well, they haven't had a good game yet in the tournament. They've been kind of like their guards are their biggest thing because obviously Timmy's going to get his. But if their guards come out and are hitting threes and not turning the ball over, then watch out. That's when that's when it becomes that's when they become deadly. Gonzaga remind I think one advantage that Gonzaga has is they're built very similarly to Houston, in my opinion, where they have a lot of length, especially on the wings. Mm-hmm. And I think and Tom that that's Watson. Exactly. Watson. Um and well, that's what, I think that's what people were saying too. Sorry, go. No, I was just gonna say I think that's gonna work in Gonzaga's favor because I don't think UCLA has like the size and the athleticism to really penetrate that type of defense. Especially so without think... Jalen Clark, like he's done and they, you know what I'm saying? But like, everyone's like Hami Hawkes again, another overrated bomb that I'm so sick of hearing about, but like everyone's, like, you can't stop. All right. We're going to put Anton Watson and Hami. Let's when Hami Hawkes is locked in, like, sure. I'm sure he'll get his some points. He'll probably, Get a few favorable calls, you know, because you know it is what it is. But I, I, I think if Gonzaga can play the way that they know how to when they're on their game, they they that's why I picked them. I, I you know I'm a fan, but obviously I I believe in them. It's not just I'm not 15 just blindly picking my favorite team to get them. Oh, how do they lose? You know, like kind of thing. Like no, uh, give you they, credit. You're they should easily be able to dispatch of UCLA. They should be able to take care of them. Absolutely. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. Uh, UConn, which UConn was like this number one team that like everyone was in earlier in the season was like, yeah, kind of they like, started like 15 and hour or like 12 and oh. And yeah, like, exactly. They went on that the Jackson huge... kid. Everyone was on, even though he averages like seven points a game, but he's like, he is, you know who he reminds me of. And 
obviously, I know for you, it's kind of not, you're not going to really know or understand, but he is similar to uh, Andre Kirilenko. Mm. It's like he's, it's NBA a stats number, but not like in, like, like he's like 13, 11, and nine, like yeah. every game. But like, but like also was like a great defender. Like Andre Kirilenko is one of the most like, it, but like underrated, like great guy, like like uh, defenders slash just like players of the mid two thousands in the NBA, and Absolutely. that's exactly what he would do. He'd score like fifteen, grab like twelve rebounds, have like six steals, two blocks, and dish out nine assists. And that was every night. That wasn't like everything. No, that was his thing. Like. He didn't have to score 28 points to affect it. And that's what Jackson does on UConn. He kind of makes them go. But then their best player is um, that one guard who uh, kind of a, a deadly shooter when he gets hot. And I can't think of his name now. Um, that's a football team. San- not Sanders. Shit. What's his name? Uh, Sonogo? Jordan, jo- Jordan Hawkins. I got that completely wrong. No, no, but Sonoga has been good this tournament too. And UConn's quietly gone about their business with two really big wins. Mm-hmm. Like they, I think they're the, like outside of like a Alabama, but like UConn, I think might have the largest margin of victory of all the teams left. Cause they won both their games by like 30 or like not 30, but like, like 15 or more, I believe. They beat Iona by 24 and then they beat St. Mary's by 15. Okay. So yeah, there, yeah. And Going up against Arkansas, Arkansas is just rolling. That's good. This is going to be the toughest test for you. Another they, big upset. Another big upset over the, Kansas. Uh, the funny. Uh, what must taken off the shirt? What we called? Yeah. Well, no. The the Dan Hurley. I think I sent it to you, and it was like, is there any way you're going to take your shirt off? And he's just like, oh no, like I uh, trust me, you don't want to see that. Hey, I haven't been working out, and uh, it's funny. Uh, when you get old, you lose hair in certain spots, and it just reappears in other spots. And uh, unless I'm grooming, you don't want to see that. And he goes, "There's no way." He goes, uh, "Muscleman's got to be waxing his chest or something." There's no way. <laughs> like he did, like you said, like in a funny way. And yeah. I think Muscleman. I'm surprised Muscleman probably have a funny thing to say about it. But um, no, that's gonna be a that's gonna be a rock fight, like a rock fight that also might have like seventy points apiece going to be like two teams that like to get up and down but also are going to be in your grill defensively the whole time absolutely i think i'm interested to see how uconn's going to try and defend them like if i'm uconn i'm kind of contemplating going into a zone look like almost right off the bat yeah just to kind of throw arkansas off its rhythm maybe and and, and get sonogo early looks that's what i would think also true like, like be, get, get it get it down because i don't they don't really have anyone that can I don't I don't think they can really stick with Sonogo, do they? I personally he's a don't big think boy. So. I mean, yeah. he is a he's a fucking house down there. <laughs> that and on the other end, like I don't think Houston Houston, I don't think Arkansas necessarily has <sighs> not the skill. I don't think they've consistently shown enough to be able to Mm-mm. handle like half court offenses. And like consistently just slow down the ball. Like I think Arkansas does its best when they they've got their transition and their half court offense going at the same time. Yeah, and, and they're still trying to figure out their 
they're they're you know they're um also like they're they're starting to find a way to get Nick Smith going and uh, you know Sonogo, Council and Sonogo is listed as six nine two forty five. That's a six nine. That's what he's listed as. Doesn't he look at least like six eleven? Like I, I yeah, I'm, I think I think in there, I think they're shortchanging him a little bit to help that draft stock out a little bit. I mean, he's a he's a monster. That he's a he's. I think the only person that might be as big as him is in college basketball or like that, like on a pro is the uh, the Gonzaga transfer on Arizona. Uh, not that it matters because they're done, but um, the one center like uh. Dima or uh, oh, I know who you're talking about. But, yeah, he was he was on he was on uh, he was on Gonzaga the year they went to the final. They went Tommy Lloyd, um, Umar Balo. Oh, okay, that's right. Um, so, next region, Texas dethrones my Nittany Lions. I was very upset about this game. It was just very frustrating. I'll. I think that yeah, pen- they had the lead like with five minutes to go or something. Dude, right? and then they I just, was getting they shoot. What did they do? Shoot yeah. themselves out of it? They they never really they never really shot themselves into the game in the first place. That was the problem. Was like Funk was missing a lot of his early looks, and I don't think that I think that they had a tough time handling a Big Twelve type defense, like just a tough, rugged in your grill, um, and they. I love I, – I will preface this with, with this. I love this team. I respect them for everything that they've done. They went on a run that I never thought was possible to start the season, and I, they deserve a ton of credit for everything that they've accomplished. And just getting back to the tournament for a school like Penn State is huge. And at the same time, I, their front court depth really showed – and the lack thereof, I should say, like especially with the lack of size. They didn't have anyone for – Disu or whatever and he was just getting open looks and whether he whether he was shooting over someone i just realized the name you said fuck him yeah not a fan Uh, he they were like he's got 27 it's like yeah (laughs) anyway i just started his career and then turned stabbed his back stabbed his teammates in the back of course he did you go play for a woman beater you know, I'm not going to comment on that type of situation. I'm just going to speak on him strictly as a player. Uh, I'm just going to say, you know, as a player, it was very frustrating because he just seemed like an asshole. And he was like, trying he to be all- oh, he is. That's like what all, everything has come out afterwards. It was like, yeah, he was good. But like, you know, like it, it was he like was just talking part- tough. And it's like, it's like, dude, yeah. you're, sh- you're shooting over like six, three guards who are like miles dread was miles dread did a good job of kind of keeping you outside the paint for being a six three guard and trying to like keep you down well basically and then yeah it's like dude that's that's what he does he was like he was stackhouse's like first pet project project when he got the bandy and like the first person he really elevated did nothing his freshman year sophomore year like gets like all second team sec or something is like 16 and nine, like, or whatever, like, like was good. And it was like, Hey man, he's coming back. We could be like a tour. Nope. Second, he got all the hype. Chris Beard takes his extra job. And he's like, oh, I just want to go. I just want to be at home. Fuck you. No, you just got a fucking bag in the mail and said, fuck you, Vandy. Screw him. Uh, Screw Dylan Daisu. Sean Miller. 
is in the Sweet 16, and he'll go up against Texas with uh, Xavier. Another beating, team I was behind. Yeah, I mean, handed handled Iowa State very well, or Pitt handled Iowa State very well, I should say, and then Pitt just kind of fell flat. Also, rocking one of the ugliest uniforms I've ever seen in tournament history. Oh what is? I don't get Arkansas has like the similar one where they but have Arkansas, like the, the Arkansas, hog. Arkansas, I respect though, because like number one, the hog is like it, it's a cool logo that you can get away with something like that, but and the colors people, are much you think better. It should be on the front of a jersey like that. I, I think if it, it should say, I have no problem with it being there, but I think it should still say Arkansas and then like the Razorback underneath with the number, like just that one logo, and then the number. It literally looks so stupid. I don't know who came up with those looks, but like Pitt again, Pitt has a good color combo. They really do. They could like the Jerome Lane uniforms, like where it would just say Pitt, you know, or even all Pittsburgh, like, like kind of like cursive, like, and like I just, those uniforms are just fucking hideous. And yeah, I, as much as I don't mind Xavier's ones, like the ones they wear, I still wish they would, they would whip out the running man looks. Oh, absolutely. Um, maybe they will for, maybe they will now that the, the, the three seed. I mean, <sighs> I just think that Texas is going to just – they're kind of riding high off this momentum of this Penn State win. And I think they got a little bit of fuck you in them. To, like, and they I just, had the talent. They definitely had the talent. And, and uh, I, 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 I'm, I, I'm happy for the coach too because he inherited a really shitty situation that could have gone south like real quick. And he got the guys to buy in and be like, listen – everything out like that has nothing to do with you you know coach made a mistake you're gonna have to pay for it but he'll be back team, and he did a great job and i i think i think it's bullshit that texas hasn't given him the job full-time yet and you know and, and i know you and i and i i never ever want to go this way like and say this but like there's a reason why and it's Texas, and that's all I'm going to say. Yeah. There's a reason why. Everyone knows why, and it's bullshit. Because he's two wins away from taking you back to a Final Four that you haven't been to since fucking 2003. Or four. Ironically, Xavier to get there. Oh, good poll. So, yeah, and I think Xavier really showed me signs, especially offensively, of like concern. And that Kennesaw State game. Their best player hasn't even gotten going yet. Uh, the, uh, the big man? No, um, uh, Ule or whatever. Uh, oh. I, you know. Uh, I know. I know exactly. Sule. Sule Boom. Yeah. Um, so, like, yeah, he he was – he they, they won that game pretty easily on Sunday. And he was, like, 0 for 10 at one point. And yeah, he, he finished – He's he's averages seventeen points per year or per game per year. So, he finished three for four, three for thirteen from the field, one for seven from three, uh, for fourteen points. He was seven of eight from the line. So yeah, if, if, they they get him going with and, Kunkel knocking down shots outside and Nunji kind of like stretch Nunji stretching the floor and um that's a Rome Hunter kid. I liked him a lot. He 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 kind of had to step into the starting lineup when they lost Zach Fremantle in February, and he he's brimming with confidence, man. I, Texas is tough. They got talent, but I think I Xavier can take it. Xavier can come in here and they can surprise some folks. I don't think a lot of people think they're going to do it, but 
I would not be a surprise, at least for me, to see them moving forward. Well, especially if I think that for um, for Soleil Boom, I would imagine that he's going to come out of this game and be aggressive and try and get Texas into foul trouble. So that's going to put Texas into a tough spot if they if they're able to execute that. Necess- that all depends on how the officials call this game. But I wouldn't be surprised if Texas gets a little bit into a foul trouble. And then all of a sudden you see Xavier up 10 points, nine points at halftime. And then all of a sudden they're up 13. Which will shake Texas because they're the kind of team you can shake if you want. Like you can get in their head if you want to. There were a couple uh, of turnovers in that Penn State Doiso. game. There, yeah, were a couple, there were a couple of turnovers in that Penn State game where I was like, what? And I think that like they're very emotionally uh, fragile. I mean, Houston, Houston facing Miami. I Houston's been so consistent and that they, they've shown they can win when they're this, best guys. Another one. Yeah. Sasser still hasn't had a great game. He's a little sh- shaken up. Yeah. Um, Tremont Mark has kind of been in and out. So, you know, they got their X factor for me is the freshman from, uh, he's actually from PA, Jerice Walker. When he is like on his top level, I think Houston is the set is one of the two best teams in the country. Obviously, it helps to have Marcus Sasser and Tremont Mark going, right? Like, they're they're two very great guards. But when they – when Jarese Walker is also putting in points and playing good defense and kind of just doing his thing, that's when they become very scary. And, you know, like I said, he's been here – Kelvin Sampson has been here before. Um, Miami, I don't think a lot of people thought they'd be in this situation. They are now. but. Um, they're another one like they kind of go as far as Isaiah Wong's going to carry them, but I just I don't think he's going to be enough. I just I just don't I, I think that Houston is I think Houston wins this one going away actually. Yeah, I think Houston Houston's just so scary. They they can beat you defensively. They'll get out and dunk on your head, and then they can splash the three ball at the same time and like. I said before the tournament started, I think if there's any team to bet money on, Houston has probably been the most mm-hmm. consistent top three team in the country. So, like, I just really – and I think especially with the Jim Nance storyline of, like, him retiring oh, after absolutely. this season, I think – I would imagine that that's got to be a little bit more special and hopefully that they're aware of that maybe a little bit. Them, um, them joining the Big 12 next year, like, coming in with the with the literal, literal belt. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Just showing we're up. We're not little brother. Like, let's go. Like, yeah, exactly. You know, kind of thing. Um, Absolutely. So. so, who do you think? Who do you think makes the final four out of this group? Now that we kind of got a Sweet Sixteen narrowed down. Yeah. So also, Alabama hasn't gotten into them yet, but I think a lot of people are sleeping on San Diego State, and they can, if they want to, they will turn that game into an absolute brawl. They need to. And I want to see what Alabama does when they get punched in the face by a physical team because that's what San Diego, that's what Brian Dutcher and San Diego State do. That's how he coaches his teams. And uh, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll see. Like, so far they've responded. You know, at this point, it looks like maybe this Brandon Miller thing isn't going to bother them at all. But I want to see what happens when they actually have to go against because. Outside of Tennessee, there's not a lot of teams in the SEC that play that kind of style. Like Arkansas, a little bit, and I, I couldn't even tell you what 
Uh, I guess Auburn, maybe depending on the day with Bruce Pearl and, you know, they almost Auburn almost took them down. So like, I, I couldn't even tell you what their, what Alabama is, but I think everyone's just kind of assuming Alabama is going to walk the rest of that region away. So just I, watch out. San Diego state could pull an Arkansas from last year and, and really shock them. Like they, like when Arkansas took down Gonzaga. So that said, um, remember the fucking regions at this point i'm like so <laughs> in in the south it's alabama so it's what? alabama san diego state in the south and then creighton and princeton um, okay and then it's miami houston and xavier texas that's in the midwest midwest and, and then, then it's in gonzaga. the west it's gonzaga ucla and arkansas and yukon and then michigan state kansas state Tennessee, and Florida, Tennessee. So I'm sticking with my Houston, Kansas State picks. I'm st- I'm riding Kansas State all like riding it till I die. Like I, I you know, I got them going to the Final Four. Houston too. Sticking with Gonzaga. I think they're going to do it. I, I, you know, I just don't, you know, I, I don't, I don't think Drew Timmy's going to let them lose. And then at this, you know, at this point, it's. It's just tough to go against Alabama. Like, so I think it's going to be an Alabama, Kansas State, Houston, Gonzaga Final Four, which I'm sure the NCAA from a ratings PR standpoint won't love. But uh, I think it would be very interesting. And then obviously, um, like my two dark horses that could crush that party, I'd have to say it's probably UConn mm-hmm. and – I guess Creighton. Yeah, I think Creighton right now is looking like the toughest challenge for Alabama. Obviously, they were uh, a top ten team to start the year. You don't, and then they had some injuries. And I'm not the biggest Creighton fan. I don't really love McDermott. I think he's kind of an asshole. That's the way he seems the sidelines. I'll never forgive them for the bullshit that happened in 2012 when he definitely told his center to injure Kendall Marshall and it cost UNC a possible championship. But that said, they're gelling at the right time, and, you know, who knows? As long as they get past Princeton, anything can kind of happen. So, but, yeah, I, I say Alabama versus Kansas. I, I think the way it would line up, it'd be Alabama, Kansas State, Gonzaga, Houston. Yeah, right? I'm, I think I'm bored. I'm on board with Alabama, Alabama, and Kansas State. I think there's Rick Barnes is just college basketball's version of Andy Reid, and there's going to be a moment where he fucks up, and I don't think this talent is, like, enough to take him over the top despite mm-hmm. his coaching blunders. Uh, I think Gonzaga wins against UCLA, and I think that they're going to get to the Final Four. Um, oh, or Arkansas. I think I got to go Arkansas. I think Arkansas is just riding with so much energy that, like, they have so much momentum on their side. And I think after seeing Gonzaga against TCU, I think it would be a very similar, like, tight-knit game. And I think Arkansas's toughness may just overwhelm Gonzaga. Mm. And Timmy may run out of gas. And all of a sudden, it's like he, Timmy's not getting the foul calls that he needs. And all Or of a sudden, he gets into foul trouble himself. That's exactly. the biggest thing. If he gets into foul trouble himself, I don't know where they go. And that's, uh, that's what worries me about this UCLA thing. Yeah, absolutely. So I think Arkansas makes it to the final four. I think Houston makes it to the final four. And then I think I got Kansas State and Alabama at this point. Cause like 
until Alabama gets to the final four, I don't know who else is really going to challenge them. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, I'm just saying, I, I would not be surprised if this is because that, that, this is how it always happens. Everyone's like, how are they going to lose? How are they going to lose? And then just boom out of nowhere, that random San Diego, like, you know, like San Diego state this time. It's just like, yeah. Yeah. Like, as soon as you get on board, year, everyone's like lose. Gonzaga's walking through Arkansas. And I, I was worried and I, and I knew it by the halftime. I was like, they're losing this game. Yeah. So Eagles kind of been active in the off season so far. Um, so far, the key additions have been Darius Slay, Brandon Graham, James Bradbury, Fletcher Cox. They signed Greedy Williams to a one-year deal. The amount hasn't been necessarily been announced yet. Uh, for those who may not remember, he was a second-round pick uh, to the Cleveland Browns out of LSU, was a stud uh, in college. Hasn't necessarily played that much for Cleveland in the last year. Uh, they signed Nic- The Eagles signed Nicholas Morrow to fill that linebacker spot on a one-year deal. I uh, spent that? four. He spent four seasons with the Raiders and then played with the Bears this past season. He recorded 116 combined tackles. Uh, Marcus Marcus Mariota, one year, five million dollar deal to be the backup quarterback, and they added Rashad Penny on a one year, 1.35 million dollar deal. He played five games last year, but a broken fibula and an injured tibula, unfortunately, ended his season early. Jason Kelsey announced that he's going to be coming back, and that's on a one-year, less than $4.5 million deal. Some of the departures, Miles Sanders to the Carolina Panthers, Isaac Sanmalu along that offensive line to the Pittsburgh Steelers, CJ Gardner-Johnson, who has quickly turned into like Hulk Hogan with the NWO, uh, goes to the Detroit Lions, and Kazir White goes to the Arizona Cardinals, and TJ Edwards goes with the Bears. So with all that being said, Let's just start with the CJ Garner Johnson stuff. Cause like all of a sudden it went there, like CJ Garner Johnson tweets out a farewell video. And then the fans are like, no, resign, resign, resign. And then the Lions resign him. And there were reports that the Eagles just didn't want to match it. And all of a sudden, CJ Garner Johnson tweeting out like he's been blackballed. And uh he just starts trolling the Eagles fans, but in now they're in now deleted tweets, but you can still find them in certain articles. And all of a sudden it was just like, dude, what the fuck? Like we thought you were like the Brian Dawkins type that would want to stay here forever. Mm-hmm. And we understand why, like you got to make money for your family, whatever. But we know ne- I never could have imagined that like it would, the relationship would dissolve in this way where he's like, just all of a sudden doing a 180 and just trolling Eagles fans. It was like, dude, wait, what? Like, we enjoy we we loved you. It's like when did this happen, you know? Well then the the, the story came out that is that he got offered a certain amount. Said no. His agent overvalued his position. Howie said, fine, I don't have time to fuck around. I have other members to talk to. Went and gave partial part of that money to Bradbury and some to Darius Slay, I guess back after realizing that they'd screwed up cj gardner johnson and his agent and we're like all right we'll take the deal and how he's like that deal's not here anymore we don't got that money he's like but i'll give you this he said fuck you you threw my you gave my money to someone else and he was like no fuck you i gave you an offer you wanted more found out it wasn't there had to come back back to us and now you're trying to make me look like the bad guy when i you could have had to contract and 
Bradbury and Slay wanted to stay, you didn't. And so they said we're gonna he's gonna go on a one year prove it deal to Detroit. And it's like, yeah, have fun, man. Like they still offered him like three years. They offered him or something. I, I saw it was like I saw one tweet, it was three years, twenty-four million. Um around the same that he's getting now, except he would have been in a way better situation. He's gonna be back on the free agent market next year. And I'm sorry, if you think playing for the Lions is gonna improve your stock. You're goddamn crazy. <laughs> you don't think Dan Campbell can revive that? He burned. He burned his bridge, though. Like, cause, yeah. like, cause it's like, fine, go do that, and then if you know, I, I'd be like, yeah, bring him back, and even next year, maybe if we really need him, I could say, okay, let's do it, right? Yeah. Like, but it's like, you know what? Like, the Eagles wanted you, and you try to make it out like they, they didn't want you, and it's like, no, you got greedy, so we went and signed greedy. <laughs> you know? fair point i mean so, the, there there was a, a period of panic in my mind it was like darius slay gonna get released bradbury may one now gardner johnson's gonna leave and i was like was the, the, the craziest one it was like over four hours it, it, it was just like this is happening and that's happening and blah, blah 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 and then boom randomly at like 11 o'clock or like 9 30 last wednesday or uh, yeah last wednesday it was just like his wife tweets out, maybe I'm going to make some banana pudding for Howie. And it's like, what? And it's like, Eagles re-signed Darius Slay. It's like, what the? Well, like, it was crazy. a six. I tweeted out, I think I tweeted out, like, the Eagles are putting me on a Six Flags roller coaster of emotions right now. Like, it's just, it was so bananas. But I think that's where, as fans, like, it's it's a situation where we as fans are like, all right, they clearly know some things and some information and some analytics and data that we have no idea. And At this point, like the how and how we trust, like we actually, because like I know, like a lot of people, like we, like he had that, he had such a great off season in 2017, and then they won the title, right? And then it was like the next year, it's like all right, and how we trust, he's doing, and it kind of it took a while to get back to it, but like actually this time, it's like all right, like as much as I love Javon Hargrave, he also, also we're 30 years old, right? Like. And you got you 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 have. I mean, I know Jordan Davis got injured multiple times throughout the year. But you but have like, the replacements. You you yeah. have date. Did we resign Cox yet or no? Yes, this one, one one year, yeah. ten million dollars. Okay, so you have those two, and it's time for Milton Brown, Milton Williams, um, Williams, and uh, Davis be the starters. Yeah, and uh, also a key piece to keep an eye on is Nicobe Dean because now that Kazir White and TJ Edwards are leaving maybe that maybe the Eagles saw enough in practice to say Dean can be our starter or at least a contributor it's a hard position to learn because you got to learn cover it's like linebacker and tight end are two of the like harder positions I always say because you got to learn two different roles you got to learn like all your blitzes and all your run support and stuff like that right but then you also got to learn and like a tight end's got to learn his blocking schemes, but also route running. That's why, like, when you see some tight end, it's like, like that's why, like, stories like Antonio Gates and Tony Gonzalez are just crazier than you can believe. Because like they weren't even playing football full time, or Jimmy Graham. And it's just like Jimmy Graham, though, more is more a product of the Saints, you know, than it was him. Whereas Antonio Gates and Gonzalez were themselves, but you know what I mean? Like, so just freaks of nature. I think in a second year, we also still have 
old Colorado kid, Davion Taylor, was still in the practice squad, so I still believe we own him. His rights don't own him. It's a bad way to phrase that. Please delete that. <laughs> yeah, that was we bad. Own, we, <laughs> that was he's, a bad he, phrase. I believe he is signed to the team still. Yes. Yeah. And everything that came out afterwards was like, he knew he had to get better. He understood. He was humbled by it. He's still here. He wants to be a part of it. So maybe that's a feel-good story where he comes in and he can be better. Like, he has the talent. The kid just doesn't have the experience. He didn't get to play football full-time until he got to college. Like, mm. because of his religion. That is why. Like, and I think really learned, and maybe we give him a second chance. Like, the Kobe steps up. Like, TJ Edward thing is not a big loss, people. He is not as good as the stats made him look. He just happened to always be there and combine tackles when like three other guys had someone wrapped up. Like it'll be fine. And Kazir White, as much as I loved him in the beginning of us having him, I don't think he was as good towards the end. Like I, I he is no. there's a reason that he's jumped from team to team recently. You know what I mean? So we said we signed this Morrow guy who's essentially it was like we traded Edwards for Morrow. The Bears took Edwards, we took Morrow. Like you know, he, he's he's in the league. He's 116 tackles, 83 solos, nothing to sniff at. So that's that's one replacement there. We got Nakobe Dean, maybe Davion Taylor. Then you go and you get someone. Like, I've seen projections where, like, it's like we've been looking at the one guy from TCU, like, stuff like that, you know. So you'll, you can find other players, you know. And then I saw another tweet where it was like, even if you took away Javon Hargrave's production, elite, Eagles still would have led the league in sacks by, like, 20. So as much as I'll miss Javon Hargrave, I think it's more important. It was always more important for us to keep the secondary as much as the secondary intact as possible. No, I'm glad no. Marcus Epps is gone. He sucks. See yeah, it, Marcus bad. Epps. It's fine. The, the CJ Gardner John thing is going to suck. Figure it out. I'm going to miss Miles Sanders. I I was a bigger Miles Sanders fan than most people, but I guess they know what they're doing. They re-signed Boston Scott. What's his name? Uh, Gainwell Penny. has really started to okay. look more like the college version where he was just just so good and explosive and like at the end of last year. And then they they signed Richard Penny. I don't think they're there. Wouldn't be surprised if they draft a, like a bigger back in like one of the first three rounds, or you know that maybe they go and sign anyone that's still like is Jamal is Jamal Williams still out there? there no, he's with the Saints. He's with the oh, Saints. Oh, he signed. Um, what about Kareem Hunt? Kareem Hunt, I don't believe, has signed with anyone. I mean, this is such a long shot. I don't know. Here's an idea. Derek Henry. You get it from... you're a free agent. He's not a free agent. But if you... Ha- Tennessee is clearly rebuilding. Tennessee is clearly going through a new phase. And I don't think that they're going to want to hang on to Derek Henry and sell him off two to three years down the line where his production may have dropped off sharply well, by even that Even now, what do you think you can get for him? What do they think? Because I think they're going to want too much. I think you could get at least a first-round pick for him at minimum. I don't think it right now. Uh, I would, I, he's he's. I think with the right the team, with, with the right team, I think you can sucker anyone into giving you one a first round or a second or two first-round picks. For Derrick Henry, I think so. And I think that from the Titans' perspective, theoretically with the Eagles, you get him out of the conference, he goes to a contender, so he's not going to talk shit about the Titans, and you finally 
go full plunge into a rebuild. And then you just kind of like hope that I, I don't know exactly. I mean, Quinn is, could Quinn Ewers come out after this season? That was immediately the first quarterback that came to my mind. I don't know yeah. why. Yeah. And maybe yeah, they go. It'll be three years removed from high school. So maybe they go after, maybe they just tank for Quinn Ewers and they finally get a quarterback for the future. And then they just go from there. And I'm, I, I am just so afraid that Howie is going to use that, that, that pick in the 20s on him because like, if he's still there. And I just, I, in my opinion, I'd rather have Michael Mayer or Dalton Kincaid if they were still hanging around than, than B. John Robinson. Fair. I mean, the, but the because you got to start thinking like, how many years left does Goddard have at a prime? Mm. Tight ends, like he, he gets injured a lot. I love Goddard. Goddard's yeah. my favorite Eagle, but like, like, kind of be like what they did with Earths. Yeah, like, you bring it in and you and like if they some because I I've been seeing Michael Mayer slide, and if you could get Michael Mayer fucking twenty nine, are you kidding me? I think you may come. Like you may just cream your pants, right? <laughs> like <laughs> you guts. He should be a top ten player in this draft. Only reason Notre Dame won eight games last year. Absolutely, I wouldn't mind. Michael Goddamn Mayer. stud. Also, but the Dalton, the Utah kid, Dalton Kincaid is really good too. I just Absolutely. don't think he's worth a first rounder. Maybe a second if he's still there. Yeah, I mean, definitely a second if he's still where are it. You know what I mean? But like, yeah. Somehow Michael Mayer slid down, and you're sitting. We're sitting at thirty or twenty nine, wherever the fuck it is, and we don't take him. I, I like I'm. It, you you could never have enough offensive weapons. I'm sorry. It's not so much I think offensive weapons. I think it's like, do we necessarily need to overload at a specific position that we're kind of covered at? That does it for all of us here at the Black and Blue Pod. Thank you all for tuning in. Let's enjoy the World Baseball Classic. Let's enjoy the Sweet 16. We'll catch you in the next episode. Be sure to like, comment, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and uh, we'll catch you in the next episode.